the thing that I can guarantee you about nutrition and be 100% confident is that you need to cut out sugar and processed foods and you will be healthier, period. Welcome to the 7220 Wadcast, where the content will always be constantly varied and at times highly intense, with as many guests as possible. Hello and welcome to episode number four of the 7220 Wadcast. I'm Nicole Bleak and I'm here with Mike Dorsum. We are the co-owners of CrossFit 7220. Mike, how you doing? I'm doing great. We were all set to work out this morning and then we had an ant problem. Not a problem with one of our ants, but with actual bugs. And then the seniors class started, so we weren't able to fit it in. Did you ever get your workout in today, Mike? I did. It was wonderful. You know, a lot of people think that because we own a gym that we work out all day, every day. Yes, that's quite the misconception. Some of us work out more than others. I work out probably, I try and actually stick very closely to what we recommend to our athletes. In in terms of my workout schedule, I try and do our programming as we program it so that I can get a feel for how our athletes are feeling, how our other members are feeling. I scale a lot of my workouts these days uh, for various reasons that we could get into later if we need to. Um, But in terms of my workout, I probably work out less than our members because I don't spend an hour going through the good stretching, the good warm-ups. When we're going to do, we try and fit our workouts in when we can, and a lot of times it's a sort of truncated version of that workout. Yeah, it's definitely not because we don't think everything we do in that hour is important or valuable. It's just that we often find that we need to discuss a recent email or address a problem, like an ant problem. And we try to stretch and warm up as we do those things, but then time gets away from us and we'll look at the clock and go, oh shoot, we have 10 minutes to fit this 12-minute AMRAP in before the next class. So we're lucky to get the wad in. And sometimes we don't even have time to fit the strength or skill work in, unfortunately. So it's very likely that on many days, those that attend class get a lot more in than we do. I'm always surprised, actually, when I do attend one of our classes. Because another thing I like to do as an owner of the gym is try and attend classes every now and then. Um, See how our other coaches are doing and know what our members are experiencing. I'm always really surprised about how much it is, how much we actually pack into that hour and uh, usually feel a lot better. So it's one of those do as we say, not as we do type of situations. Didn't someone have a story of visiting a gym where the gym owner was asked how the workout was for them that day? And they said, oh, I don't do the workouts I program for you guys. I do my own thing. That's my story. It was early days of CrossFit. You know, we had just started our own gym and I was really interested whenever I traveled to go to as many CrossFit gyms as I could and found this place in my mom's hometown that was dank, dark, and dirty, and in this giant warehouse, and they had this little corner of the warehouse, and the rest of the warehouse was literally dust and dirt and rodents and disgusting, and then there's this little corner that was just some stall mats laid out, and I distinctly remember I was there. For one, I wasn't greeted by anybody. I felt like I was wandering around not knowing what I was supposed to do and who I was supposed to talk to. Uh, It was one of the early 
reasons why I wanted to make sure that we had a better experience for people who were dropping into our gym. They at least knew who to talk to, you know. And then I will never forget one of the people signed up for that class, one of their own members went up to the coach and asked how this workout was or what their time was, actually. What did you get on this workout? And, And the coach said, really scoffed at that and was just like, oh, well, I don't do the programming that you guys do. I have my own program that I do. And I just thought, why wouldn't that person just turn around and walk out of there right then right. and there? It's like, if you're not even programming for us something good enough for you, whatever that means. Um, and so from that day forward, I decided that that was never going to be us. Another reason we like to perform the workouts we program is so we can experience what our athletes are experiencing and then modify programming if we need to. Right now we program about a week ahead and we're pretty good at avoiding a lot of high volume or load to one region of the body on consecutive days, but occasionally we'll hit Tuesday or Wednesday and it feels a bit different than it looked on paper. So we'll look ahead and say, You know, our shoulders are pretty hammered. We may need to take out the pressing for tomorrow. And so we'll change the workout that we had originally planned. And then as coaches, it's really helpful to feel what everyone else is feeling when we lead stretches and warm ups so we can address those sore or tight spots during classes. So for all those reasons, we really do make it a priority to get the workouts in most every day. Of course, we take rest days, as everyone should, but there are many days we barely fit it in, and we certainly don't have time to do a lot of extra things. It's just what happens when you work out at the same place you work. There are cleaner bottles that need to be filled. Yeah, there's, there are, there's uh, a lot of little things that turns out. that need to stop leaking. There are ants that need to be <laughs> taken care taken of. Taken care of, that's right. And just like everyone else, there are days it's real tempting to just lay on a foam roller and skip the workout altogether. But also like everyone else, we do always feel better once we get it in. I think another misconception is that we as gym owners have nutrition totally figured out, that we only eat healthy, that we only like healthy foods, and that we eat perfectly every day. This is a really interesting topic for me because For anybody that knows me, they know that I am not a nutritious-minded person. I did not grow up eating well or even thinking about the food that I ate. And I have never made the healthy choice without thinking about the healthy choice. And then when CrossFit started, for me, it was a big part of my journey was a great deal of weight loss. And... I did most of that through just like pure, not low carb, no carb. <laughs> I did this thing called Atkins induction and I learned about it from Mike Kometz and thought, man, what, what, I might as well try it. I was 260 pounds, right? The heaviest that I've ever been and thought, what the heck? And it's supposed to last two weeks. So induction, you go really low carb for two straight weeks and it's kind of supposed to kickstart Um, your body into burning fat uh, instead of um, burning easier energy to get at. And so you just don't give your body any of that easier to get at energy and it just starts burning fat. Well, turns out that I had seen so many good results, most likely water loss in those first two weeks that I stuck with it. And the next thing you know, it was eight months later and I was doing induction for eight straight months. I was doing 
whatever it is, 15 or 20 grams of carbohydrate. So you were basically on a keto diet back. I, it just wasn't we called didn't call that. It that. Yeah, right. That and was keto. I, I saw really amazing changes and lost a lot of weight, but it was not that long after that. I mean, I, I remember being at a point where I was probably a year into losing weight and feeling the fittest I've ever felt. And I thought, oh, I will never go back to the way that I used to eat, Mm -hmm. right? Which was mostly eating out a lot of junk food, convenience food, things that are easy. And sure enough, eventually I'm back into these old habits, even though I've seen these amazing results and I've done these amazing things for myself and have never felt better, I still find myself drawn to those convenience foods, drawn to things that are not good for me. And, um, and I've struggled. I mean, ever since then, that was probably 10 years ago, maybe 12 years ago. And I still find myself every single day having to think and work very hard to make the right choices. I eat poorly a lot and then I'll turn it around and I'll start eating a lot better. And it seems to be, if anybody has that conception that as a gym owner, that I make really good choices eating, um, they have not hung out with me for very long periods of time. So it's definitely a struggle. You've told me before that although you've clearly physically transformed, the mental transformation lags a bit behind and that on the inside you still feel like the guy who's 80 pounds heavier. I've I've never shed that. When I look in the mirror, I mean, it's probably some sort of disorder, but when I look in the mirror, I still see that person. I have to I mean, you've seen it. I keep photos of myself before I lost the weight in the gym because I need to remind myself of what I actually did look like because when I look in the mirror, I the only thing I see is, oh, your middle is looking way too chubby or, oh, you look like you've gained 20 pounds during this quarantine every single time I look in the mirror. So it's, a, it's very hard to get over that. Yeah, I've definitely seen that negativity come out in you quite often. And I have to remind you that you've essentially maintained an 80-pound weight loss, give or take 10 or 15 pounds, which is pretty common with people that have lost a lot of weight. And you definitely haven't maintained your weight loss by eating keto for 12 straight years. Would you say the focus on nutrition in the gym and the challenges we do have helped you get back on track when those tendencies to lean toward process, convenience foods creep back in? So even though there have still been times of, quote, bad eating, the times of better nutrition have kept your weight regain at bay? Well, I think there's been a couple of things that have been really impactful in my life to help me do that. One is just pure knowledge. I went from not knowing what the foods I was eating, what they were doing in my body and to my body. Um, And just knowing that and internalizing it plays a huge role in making some better choices because it might not stop me from having a McFlurry, but it does make me get the snack size McFlurry instead of the large McFlurry because I understand what that's doing to my body. Um, And And so it makes me, it helps me make better choices. Um, And then out of just pure repetition, there are habits that you build that are also positive, right? So I don't drink soda. I can't even tell you the last time I had a diet soda, much less a full on sugary drink, right? So I've cut those things out and we might call a beer a 
sugary drink, but we're not going to. <laughs> um, I, I haven't had a soda in so long, I can't even tell you. And that's just a change that happened slowly over time and now seems like something that is just second nature. Like I don't have to fight having a soda, right? And so there are some of those positive choices. Every day I eat protein. I guarantee you that there were days in my past that I would go an entire day not eating protein. Uh, or if I did, it would be little bits of protein that came from a Totino's pizza roll. The cheese inside of a Totino's pizza roll, right? Would be the only protein I would eat. But now, I know better. And so I will try and feed my body that protein knowing that in order for my lean muscle mass to continue in order for me to be able to maintain strength at my age that I need that protein and so I'll eat protein even if I've made some other bad choices that day I will also make good choices in what I'm eating and that just has become second nature over time. Yeah and I think it also becomes about feeling better physically and mentally when we do make better food choices which then really influences how we eat every day. So Mike and I are in the process of acquiring more nutrition knowledge through a certification course we're taking called Precision Nutrition. At first, we were a bit worried that it would be biased toward one way of eating, whether it's keto or paleo, but we've been really glad that the focus is instead on realizing that each individual has unique nutritional needs based on a variety of factors. We love that it takes kind of this holistic approach to wellness and it addresses things like mindset and sleep and your level of stress, how old you are, what's happening with your hormones and your gut, just to name a few. And that all of these things play a role in your health, not just what you ate for breakfast. Yeah, it's the, the whole course is tailored around becoming a good nutrition coach. Um, and we've prided ourselves on being good CrossFit coaches, and I think that this was a nice logical step. And as we're learning, it seems um, obvious are involved in helping people achieve the goals that they want to achieve. And those things can be different for everybody. And I think we're learning ways in which we can work with a lot of different people and sort of help them make strides. Uh, Because it's all about making those kind of small improvements rather than any of these large-scale improvements over a short period of time. We just want to make these small little improvements that make people feel and feel better and get better results in the gym. One way we've tried to implement these small changes that hopefully add up to long-term success and sustainability is through nutrition challenges. And nutrition has always been an integral part of CrossFit 7220 since it began over eight years ago. We've had a nutrition challenge every year, sometimes multiple throughout the year. We often do mini challenges as well as kind of a big one. So this is probably the eighth larger scale nutrition challenge we've done. And throughout the years, we've done different things for these challenges. We've done the zone diet, flexible dieting. We've counted macros. We've done the food trays. We've done the Whole30. We've focused on mindful eating, and we've done a handful of sugar detoxes. And all of these methods support the CrossFit prescription for optimal nutrition, and that's to eat meat and vegetables, nuts and seeds, some fruit, little starch, and no sugar. 
So some might wonder if having a variety of challenges is an indication that we keep getting it wrong and that we keep finding something better. How would you respond to that, Mike? Well, I would say that variety is the spice of life and that uh, in order for us to stay interested, things have to change a little bit from year to year. The baseline, fundamental nutrition elements of every one of those challenges have remained the same. Properly balancing your diet and properly adjusting your intake will give you the benefits. And there are some slight differences from year to year. There's a slight difference from maybe the zone to flex dieting, but it's really just naming conventions that are different. The bottom line is we are still wanting people to eat roughly the same types of macro balancing and we're wanting people to intake roughly the same amount of calories in whatever nutrition challenge we're doing on an annual basis. Yeah, and there are many different methods out there to support those same nutritional philosophies. Some of these methods might focus more on quantity. For instance, flex dieting or counting your macros gives you this magic number of carbs, fat, and protein to try to get to without really too many rules on how you get to those numbers. And some may choose to eat a donut for their carbs, but they quickly realize that that leaves little room for any other carbs, and they also get a lot hungrier. Then there are quality-based plans like Whole30, where you can eat as much as you want, but the rules on what to eat are really pretty strict, and they are limited to whole foods only, so really focused on that good quality food. The bottom line is people are going to see success with a variety of diets because no matter what the specifics are of an eating plan, if it encourages an increased awareness of what you are eating and reduces the intake of processed food and sugar, you are going to experience some degree of positive change. Yep, I agree. That's the number one thing, the through line on all nutrition. The thing that I can guarantee you about nutrition and be 100% confident is that you need to cut out sugar and processed foods and you will be healthier, period. And even if we don't cut those things out completely, just cutting back on them is going to create positive change within anyone. So trying these different methods provides us more tools in our nutrition toolbox that we can access when we go through things like quarantine and we get off track and we need something to kind of get us back on the right path. Also, keep in mind that any eating plan or diet that is or once was successful and works for you may at some point need to be modified just because things are changing in your body or in your life and some of those things can be things I mentioned earlier your age your stress level your hormones you might have a major illness or surgery or your activity level changes the fact is our lives are always changing and our nutrition probably needs to follow suit and adjust with that and just as workouts in CrossFit are constantly varied to achieve that maximum fitness benefit, there are many experts that suggest that varying our diet can also be very effective. Now this shouldn't be interpreted as eating healthy for three weeks and then eating junk food for two months. 
but we're talking about varying maybe macronutrient quantities. Maybe for a few months you do eat a little more plant-based and a higher carb, lower protein diet, and then the next few months you focus more on protein. You could also vary fasting and feeding times, and then vary the foods you're eating, like eating a wide variety of whole foods, which can really help diversify our gut, and all of these things can just promote a healthy metabolism. So the bottom line is not one diet is better than another, nor is any diet the answer to everyone's nutritional needs. So finding that one thing that works for you is really a lifelong journey and it is likely to change anyway. But many studies have shown that just doing something that causes you to focus on improving your intake, regardless of the exact details of the plan, is going to produce some degree of positive change. I guess that's a pretty good segue into introducing what we plan on doing for 2020. So we know that we've had a very interesting year. Uh, COVID-19 has um, put a damper on quite a few things. Uh, one of those things being the nutrition challenge that we had actually planned for the spring with full uh, DEXA scanning, doing body composition, six-week challenge. We've had to adjust quite a bit because of the life that we're finding ourselves in the middle of. And rather than postpone a nutrition challenge into 2021 and not doing anything in 2020, we've decided that uh, we're going to do a one-month 800-gram challenge. And usually we don't do nutrition challenges in the summer for a few reasons. One is people are traveling and gone and busy, and we just decided that right now, even though some people might be starting to travel a little bit, no one has any big trips planned, no one's going on a cruise, and ever again <laughs> probably not we also might have a, just a little more time for meal prep right now because you're not sitting at the baseball fields with your kids there's just a little bit less going on the other great thing about doing this challenge right now is summer is such a good time to get really yummy produce so hopefully it makes it a little bit easier to get to that 800 grams Okay, so let's talk details. What is the 800 gram challenge and why are we doing it? This was developed by a gal named E.C. Sinkowski. She has a master's in human nutrition and functional medicine. She's also a CrossFit level four coach and she worked as the training program manager at uh, CrossFit headquarters for a long time. Over 200 CrossFit gyms so far have participated in this challenge and one of the reasons we did it is CrossFit New England where Ben Bergeron, well he's actually the owner and head coach of that gym, they did this challenge back in January and that's where we got the food tray challenge idea from last year. So we like to see what they're doing and we actually contacted them and asked them how it went for their gym and they said they had some good success with it. There's a really good TED talk with E.C. Sinkowski where she talks about why she developed the challenge. So I'll put a link to that in the episode notes, but I'd encourage everyone to take a look at that. So the challenge is to eat 800 grams of fruits and or vegetables by weight every day. No foods are restricted during the challenge but only fruits and vegetables count toward the 800 gram total. 
So this ends up being about six cups of most fruits and vegetables every day. Obviously things like leafy greens will not weigh as much, but of course it's still great to pile those on your plate. But you will want to weigh things when you can, at least initially, so you get an idea of what that cup of berries or medium-sized sweet potato weighs. Then hopefully after a week or so, you'll be able to be a little less precise because you'll have a really good idea about what most everything you eat weighs. Although the challenge encourages variety of fruits and vegetables, most of us will still actually have a pretty short list of things we typically eat, so calculating our 800 gram total should get easier as we go along. Your fruits and veggies can be cooked, canned, frozen, or fresh, but dried fruits and vegetables and juices do not count towards the total. You can't count fruits and vegetables that are in processed or packaged foods. Any peel or core that's not going to be eaten should not be counted in the total. So if you're going to eat an avocado, take the skin off, take the pit out, then weigh it before you eat it. Since restaurants are opening back up, if you do eat out, don't be a weirdo that brings a food scale to the restaurant. Just learn to eyeball it and know that most vegetable portions at restaurants are about 75 to 85 grams in weight. So there's a really nice one-page instruction sheet that's going to answer a lot of your questions. There's a link to that in the blog so you'll have it digitally and then we'll also print off a bunch of copies and have those in the gym. But it's going to answer a lot of the questions you might have like what about french fries? Unfortunately anything that's commercially fried is not going to count towards your 800 grams but you can cut up potatoes and roast them at home and that will be just fine. What about salsa? Well, whether you buy it or make it yourself, as long as the only ingredients are fruits and vegetables, then it will count. If you buy it, you'll just want to watch out for added things like oil, water, and sugar so you don't weigh those. Nuts and grains do not count. However, corn is okay, as long as it's not popcorn. Darn. Olives, beans, and peas will all count towards your 800 grams. I mentioned avocado earlier, and I know sometimes we classify avocado as a fat when we're looking at macronutrients, but an avocado will count towards your 800 grams, which is great news for me because I probably eat a whole avocado every day. So this challenge is definitely a shift from a deprivation challenge, which is what we do in January when we sugar detox and we're focusing on excluding sugar from our diet. Even if you cut out sugar during that time, you may still have been eating foods that weren't necessarily sweet, but still highly processed, like crackers, chips, breads, pasta. And although sugar and processed foods are not off limits in this 800 gram challenge, Hopefully while trying to get in so many high quality whole foods, there will be less room and hopefully less cravings as well for the junk food. There's actually been studies that show that diet plans that encourage additions versus restrictions are more successful. So a question we've already had is, but 800 grams of fruit wouldn't be healthy, would it? So the developer of this challenge, E.C. Sinkowski, has been asked this question and her response to it is that one in three people over the age of 45 are pre-diabetic or diabetic. Type 2 diabetes is becoming an epidemic. She says we did not get there by eating apples. EC agrees that it would be ideal to include as many vegetables as possible in your 800 gram total, 
but she claims that folks who are currently eating a diet containing an abundance of processed foods will see benefits from 800 grams of whole foods even if it is all fruit. And it really is unlikely that anyone doing this challenge is going to eat 800 grams of just fruit every day. I bet if you ate 800 grams of pineapple you'd only do it once. With that said, there are ways to find loopholes in every diet just like justifying eating fast food and ice cream as long as it fits in your macros. Yeah, and we're not, we're clearly not going to be encouraging somebody to eat 800 grams of the sugariest fruit that they can possibly eat. Right. In fact, one of the ways in which you get points during the challenge is eating a variety of foods for those 800 grams. So we don't want you to eat any of just one thing all the time for your 800 gram challenge, um, again, variety is the spice of life. And I want you to try and explore and find different vegetables and fruits um, that you like and that you can put into your diet. I promise you, even if you're getting a majority of your 800 grams from things like fruits, that means you're not getting them from things like Snickers bars, which is going to be a net gain. Another question you may have is what about protein? Are we now not concerned about getting protein? Of course that's not true. This is not a vegan or vegetarian diet unless you want it to be, but it's still important that we get protein every day, especially when we're active. And we recommend everyone still meets their protein requirement in addition to getting those 800 grams in. Protein intake just happens to not be part of the scoring for this particular challenge. But we will post recommendations of how much protein you should get. If you want to also measure that out, you can, or there'll be ways to kind of eyeball that to make sure you're getting in enough protein in addition to those fruits and veggies. Yeah, just because the challenge itself is 800 grams of fruits and vegetables a day doesn't mean that we are condoning not eating protein or even a plant-based diet. Have you heard of something called a plant-based diet before? Yes, I have. Uh, it is quite the um, popular thing right now. Uh, you can't go very far in any health and wellness Instagram post and not see something about a plant-based diet. Neither you nor I use a plant-based diet and we're big believers in protein and getting your protein and we will be recommending for the challenge getting all of the protein that your body needs uh, in order to function and thrive uh, doing the exercise programming that we program for our gym. So uh, protein's still got to be a big part of your diet even if it's not a part of the name of the challenge. Yeah. And at the same time, there are people that don't eat meat for various reasons, and they can still get protein from other sources. So As they should. We understand that too, and that's perfectly reasonable to do that as well, as long as you know what you're doing and know where those protein sources are. The only people we judge when it comes to nutrition are people that drink Mountain Dew. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh, speaking of Mountain Dew, I recently watched two documentaries that I would highly recommend because they really showcase the effect of our diet on overall health. One is called That Sugar Film, and the other one is called Fat, Sick, and Nearly Dead. Now, in Fat, Sick, and Nearly Dead, the guy does a 60-day juice fast. So I'm not condoning a juice fast, but it really does highlight how a diet focused on micronutrients, so getting fruits and vegetables, 
and at the same time cutting out the processed food can really reverse a lot of health conditions. This guy started off on a ton of medications and by the end of it I think he was off all of them. Pretty incredible. Like I said, check those out. They're not new films, but they were pretty interesting to me anyway, so I would love for you to watch those, and if you do, let me know, because I'd love to chat with anyone about those two films. And see if you can get your kids to join you when you watch that sugar film. They may never touch soda pop again after watching that. Okay, another question we might get is, isn't 800 grams of fruits and vegetables way too many carbs? First of all, let's make this clear. This is 800 grams in weight. It is not 800 grams of carbohydrates each day. You don't want to do that. But let's say you're shooting for 45 to 65% of your total daily calories coming from carbohydrates. So that would be similar to like the zone diet or counting your macros. If you're eating 2,000 calories a day, a thousand calories should come from carbohydrates if you're doing 45 to 65 percent. So that translates to between 200 and 300 grams of carbohydrates a day. And I did a little graph of some like 200 grams of carrots, banana, broccoli, 100 grams of red pepper, and 100 grams of apple. That equaled 800 grams of fruits and vegetables, and it was 103 grams of carbohydrates. So it's very unlikely you're going to go overboard on carbohydrate grams when eating these nutrient-dense foods. And if you are trying to get to about 200 grams of carbohydrate a day, that list I gave you only gets you about halfway there. So there's still plenty of room for more grams of carbohydrate, even though you've already hit that 800 grams in weight. So you also might be wondering, why is it 800 grams for every adult, regardless of body size or composition, or whether you're male or female? Well, the 800 gram number came from a study that looked at 95 different studies and a pretty big cross-section of people. And E.C. Sinkowski concluded that 800 grams was about the average amount that promoted optimal health and good weight management in most adults. 800 grams is around 500 calories, and you can fit that amount of food on one big dinner plate, which you're not going to eat it all in one sitting, but it just gives you a visual that it's maybe not as much food as you think. But 500 calories is less than half of most people's daily calorie consumption. So 800 grams is really just a baseline level. Many who are larger or more active are probably going to eat more than 800 grams. The main difference is going to come in with protein and fat. So if both the smaller female and the larger male are eating 800 grams of fruits and vegetables, the difference is probably going to be that the male is going to eat a lot more protein and a lot more fat compared to the female in order for him to get the amount of calories and nutrients his body needs. Mike, can you think of any other questions people might have about this challenge? Should there be a difference for people who don't eat throughout the day? Okay. You and I both do something called intermittent fasting, and we have eating windows that are smaller than many other people's, and the thought of fitting 800 grams of fruits and vegetables into a four-hour eating window seems daunting. 
It does, and I think it'll be another part of the challenge to see how we can do that. And what it might mean is that we widen that eating window, and what the heck, let's try it and see what happens. Maybe we'll feel a lot better, and we'll like the results, and it'll motivate us to... You, you wouldn't think you'd have to be motivated to lengthen an eating window. <laughs> but for me, and we will do another podcast on intermittent fasting. Intermittent fasting is a lot about convenience. So when I have to think about cutting up fruits and vegetables to bring with me to work, I think, oh, I don't know if I want to do that. But it might come to that so that I can try to get these 800 grams in. We'll, I think just, we'll see. I have a feeling that we're going to be, especially with the warmer weather, we're going to be going back to back our to old smoothies. smoothie days. And so, so breaking a fast with a smoothie that has a big old chunk of those 800 grams already built into it might be the way for us. Yeah, the thing is I used to put a lot of greens in the smoothie. Not a lot, but some. Those don't weigh very much. So it's going to have to be things like a can, banana. Can we... Can we fill our smoothie filled with only things that count and then weigh the smoothie? Or do we have no. to weigh everything? Because I guess there's some water in the smoothie. I'm going to weigh my smoothie yeah, before I, always, I add the water. That's a good idea. And then I'll know how many grams. And I'm going to put nothing but fruits and vegetables yeah, weigh it. Into it. That's a good idea because then you don't have to weigh everything individually. And then if you add protein powder, add that after you weigh it. I like it. What does the nutrition challenge cost? It costs $15. There's a processing fee uh, that will add, I think, $1.62 to that. So it's like $16.82 or something. And the cost covers the 800 gram challenge program that we had to purchase in order for participants to use that. And then it'll also go in for some prizes, which are going to be gift cards from local businesses. We thought this was a great time to give a little bit of love to all of our Laramie businesses. Mike, how do people get points so that they can actually win the challenge and win one of those prizes? There are okay. a few methods for getting points. Just um, real quickly, you can get points by eating 800 grams of fruits and vegetables every day. You can get points by eating a variety of different foods rather than just sticking to one type of food. You can get points by working out. And so um, there's uh, different ways, various ways to get points and uh, we'll get the details to you um, as we send out the sign up information. We are sure there will be other questions and we will be around to answer those anytime as best we can. There are things about this challenge I'm looking forward to, but also things I'm dreading. I have to admit, I do not enjoy weighing, measuring, or logging food, and I actually keep doubting that I'll really make it through a whole month calculating 800 grams every day. But recently I got to thinking, you know, it's called a challenge for a reason. It's not supposed to be easy, and most everything rewarding requires a bit of hard work and sacrifice. I know I'll have to spend a little more time and energy planning and preparing meals, and I'm not super excited about having to make quite a few more trips to the grocery store each week. So I've decided I just have to say suck it up. It might if be If there hard. wasn't something inconvenient about it, it wouldn't be a challenge. Exactly. And that's a big part of the problem so many have with trying to eat healthy. People tend to gravitate towards convenience food. It's just easier to go through the drive up or to microwave some pizza rolls. And to make it even harder, 
food companies engineer these food products to be highly palatable, so they taste great and they're very addictive, which has resulted in a population that is overfed and undernourished. So yes, it's going to be more work to pick out fresh produce, to bring it home, wash it, chop it, weigh it, and then try to find recipes that we actually get excited about. And yes, your grocery bill may be a bit higher, but hopefully that leads to medical bills that are a lot lower. Folks, nutrition is hard, but we are hoping everyone will accept this challenge to nourish our bodies with micronutrient-rich foods that have the potential to change us for the better, starting all the way down at the cellular level. By eating more whole foods and less processed ones, we will likely experience less inflammation, less body fat, less fatigue, better immunity, better performance, better energy, better recovery, and a better relationship with food. Who doesn't want all of that? Let's give it a go. I'm on board. If you'd like to participate in the Nutrition Challenge, please visit CrossFit7220.com for more details and registration information.